Jeremiah. Start in ver- chapter 31 and verse 31. Pastor and Sister Bounds and the and the kids are in California today. Pastor is preaching, uh, is preaching there and uh, ministering there and. Um, I'm so grateful for a man of God who follows the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It, I, it has, um, it, there has been so many things that have happened um, over the past couple months. Um, if, you, if I could only share with you all of the things from, I, I get to hear um, a little bit about the things that have been happening um, but around the nation, pastor has preached um, within these past couple months, and the Lord has been doing a mighty work. And um, I know that, and I know you know that, that God has his hand on him to preach not only here locally, but globally. And um, he's going to be doing that today as well. So I want us together, I want us to lift our hands. We're going to pray for our pastor and his family. Would you just... Would you just lift your hands and close your eyes and say a prayer for, for them? Lord, we, we cover our pastor, Lord, and his family today. We cover, cover them in prayer, Lord. Lord, we know, oh God, that you have a word to speak through him, God, today in that church. Lord, and we pray, oh God, that, that the word you have in him, Lord, would come out of him with boldness, that it would come out of him with clarity, that it would come out of him, Lord, with anointing, Lord, as it always does. We pray now, God, for strength, Lord, into them. We pray for peace and rest. We cover them today in prayer that your angels would go with them and come with them, Lord, as they return. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Yesterday, yesterday he, uh, uh, I think in the day before, caught some salmon. And Anybody see that picture of that big old salmon? I just want to take a bite out of my phone right there. Just, man, just unbelievable. It's awesome. So glad they're they're able to to uh, to be doing that and uh, making me hungry. <laughs> he texted me a picture. I said, "Ships, I'm home." <laughs> so I'm just waiting for it on my doorstep any any hour. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremiah, they can bring, they're supposed to be bringing something in for me. I don't know if they're waiting on a cue, but now is your cue. Uh, they can bring that in whenever. And I might need a little bit more monitor today, by the way. I cannot hear out of my left ear. <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> I got water in my ear. That's what happened. But I cannot hear out of my left ear today. So give me a little more monitor. Is that okay? You guys okay if it's a little loud up here? I can't hear nothing. I can hear, you know, the inside of my, never mind. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. Verse 33, watch this. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Several thousand years ago, the prophet Jeremiah echoes a prophecy telling what was not at the moment, but what would be later. He said, there is coming a day that I am going to take the law that you're obeying now and I'm going to write it in your heart. I'm going to write it in your heart. He said, and I will be their God and they will be my people. I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning and I do know that the Lord has spoken to me. I want to preach to you this, mowing the weeds. Mowing the weeds. Amen. Would you lift your hands with me, ask the Lord to speak to you today. God, we're thankful for your word. Come on, I just want you to pray in your own words. Come on, I want you to lift your voice right now, and I just want you to pray. Jesus, speak to us. Lord, speak to me today. Come on, that's it. I want everybody in the room. If you would lift your voice in prayer with me. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now would you clap your hands and praise the Lord for just a moment? He's good. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. Carry that right on up in this area. That area yep. Here, I'll help you. Come on over here. Got to get cardboard because this is new carpet, praise God. I want to keep my job. <laughs> you are a dirt bag. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and just with the biggest smile on your face, would you just tell him you are a dirt bag? <laughs> Some of y'all are thinking, I don't even know who this person is. I haven't even said hello yet. Now I'm calling him a dirt bag. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to church. <laughs> You're a dirtbag. <laughs> I got scripture for it. <laughs> Genesis 2 and 7, to be exact. God and the Lord God formed man out of the dust or the dirt of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Somebody said it this way, that I'm just a mud pie with a necktie. And the reality really is, is that we are just dirt. We're made, Scripture says, from the dust we were formed and from the dust to the dust we, we will return. These bodies were, 
were made from the dirt. Dirt is a very unique substance because dirt is the only substance on the planet that you can take a seed and you can put that seed in the dirt and that seed will begin to grow. It will begin to germinate. It will begin to, something will begin to, I could, I could take a seed and I could put it on this pulpit from now until next year and nothing will happen in that seed. But the moment I place that seed inside of some dirt, guess what's going to happen? In the right environment, in the right moisture, within the right, within the right uh, type of dirt, eventually that seed is going to sprout and begin to grow into something. Amen. Dirt is the only substance that can do that. But the Bible says that, that we are made from dirt. We are dirt bags, right? <laughs> We're dirt. And we possess the, the same characteristics of dirt. Seeds can be planted in the ground and something will grow out of that seed. And just as it does with dirt, seeds can be planted in us. Seeds have been planted in us. And because we are ultimately, we're dirt, when things are planted in us, things grow out of us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of something that was put into the heart, out of something that was planted into the heart, came something out of my mouth. You ever got angry with somebody? <laughs> Eric? <laughs> Not Eric. Anybody got, ever got mad at anybody before? Or, let me ask it this way. Have you, were you ever mad at somebody before you ever looked at them? Before you ever saw them, you were mad. <laughs> I got to be careful here, but, but <laughs> my wife's been mad at me a time or two. And uh, something I did in a dream, and I didn't even do it. She's just mad. Anybody ever been mad because of a dream? Something, somebody, something never really happened. It just, you, you know, in your mind it happened, and so you're mad at them, won't even look at them the next morning? Yeah, you go to them, and you're already mad. You heard something, they did something stupid, or, you know, Eric did something, or, you know, somebody did, you're just, just mad. What happened there? What happened there? Something was planted in you, right? Somebody spoke something and, 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 it, and it planted something in there, made you mad, made you mad at Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric ain't even here to defend for himself. Poor Eric. If you're watching this, Eric, come to church, bud. Something, something was planted and, 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 and because it was planted, it, it comes out. We are a result of what is planted in us. We are a, a result of things that have been planted inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. We are a result of that. At the beginning, we were, we were perfect. Everything was good. We were good. The ground of us, we were good. And the ground itself was good. In the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect and everything had its place. And 
no weeds, no problems, no issues. It was all good. But what happened when Adam and Eve fell? What happened when they made a mistake? Jesus, the, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and thou hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of, of, of it. Verse 18, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Everybody say weeds. Thorns and thistles shall it bring to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it wast thou taken for dust thou art and dust thou shalt return. Ever since that point, ever since man's fall, man's sin or mistake in the garden of Eden, we have now been cursed with ground that produces thorns, that produces thistles, that produces crabgrass, dandelions. Yeah, I got, I got wild strawberries growing in my yard, I think. I don't even know how they got there. Like, what in the world are these things? We, we were, the, the ground was promised to be something that now was not going to be perfect, but it had to be worked. It had to be tended to. And notice what the Lord did, because it was the same with the actual ground as it was the ground of man as it was the, the soul or the spirit of an individual. Now within man was birthed a nature of sin, was birthed a nature of, of wickedness and wildness. And, and our nature is uh, the first words we learn are no and, and mine and give me that. And, and I, I'm still trying to figure out how to get my kids to share because within, within their nature is this wild nature, right? We almost see in the earth exactly what it is we see in ourselves. We see when, when earth is untended, not, not kept, not, not looked at, when it's just left to itself, it grows wild in nature, produces weeds and, and, and different things that, that have no value, that have no benefit, that, have, that, that, that are good for nothing. When it's left to itself, it, 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 it just produces all of these things. I, I talked about my, my lawn a second ago, but I'm, I'm, I'm particular about my lawn. I like, I like a good-looking lawn. I don't know about you. I know Brother Jones does. Does anybody else like a good-looking lawn? This time of year, it's so frustrating. I mean frustrating. When you, if you like a good lawn, this time of year is enough to drive you nuts. Because it's driving me nuts right now. I can tell some of you are like, this, this guy's crazy, I can't relate. <clears throat> this time of year, it's hot. There's no rain, hardly. Nothing going on. And, and I feel like all that I'm doing, all that I'm doing when I mow is I'm mowing a bunch of weeds. <laughs> you know, I'm edging. You know, I can't just mow. When I mow, I, I mow and then I weed eat and then I rake the extra grass. I rake all that up because I can't afford a bagger, praise God. And I rake up, I rake up the extra grass and, and, then, and then I use a blower, get it all off my sidewalks and, and uh, you know, I, I blow it into not the road, you know, just mind your own business. And, 
And uh, <laughs> I'm particular about my lawn. I, I like the lawn to, to look good, but I realize right now, I, I, honestly, I am just mowing a bunch of weeds. <laughs> Here in a few days, as a matter of fact, right now in my, in my yard, there's some of that grass. Y- y'all have any of that grass that grows higher than anything else? Those weird patches. Now I got a witness or two in the in the building. That weird grass that just grows in one day, and it's like, hey, I know you mowed me. I don't really care. I'm gonna grow again. I'm gonna be four foot high by the time you mow next week. That stuff irritates the daylights out of me. Got this crab grass everywhere. I got strawberries growing everywhere. I, I don't know what's happening to my 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 lawn. It's just it's a mess. But what I realize and what I know is that I have to do more than than just mow. If I'm going to have, Brother Jones, a a good-looking yard, which I do not, you need to help me. If I'm going to have a good-looking yard, then, then, then there has to be more than just maintenance. There has to be more than, than just mowing the lawn. You know, it sounds something like this. I'll fire it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to start it. Some of y'all panicked right there. I'm not going to start it. <laughs> y'all don't want to hear the mower. <laughs> if, if, if my grass is going to look anything like it should look, then I'm going to have to do more than just mow. I'm going to have to take some things out, and I'm going to have to put some things in. I'm going to have to remove some things. I'm going to have to spray some, some, some of that weed killer and, and, and I'm going to have to plant some seed in the ground. And, and what I want to preach to you today is that we as people can become content with just mowing the weeds. We can become content with just maintaining the chaos. You know, we're in our, we're in our circles of influence. We're in our... Our co-workers, our family, our people around us, you know, we try to impress people and look good for people and we've, we, we, we just, we try to make everything look good, everything look nice, every, everything look edged and all together and make it look like you've got this nice thing going on. But in reality, what we've got is just a, it's just a life full of weeds. We got a life full of chaos, of things that are sprouting up that, that we don't even know how they got there. And we got things that are growing out of nowhere. We, we've got weeds that we're just learning how to manage, that we are just learning how to deal with, that we are just learning how to mow and wait until a little while longer when we have to mow again. But I've come to tell somebody on this Sunday morning that you don't have to be content with just managing the chaos chaos in your world. You don't have to become content with just keeping it all, amen, kosher, with just keeping it all good enough to where it's not reached a boiling point. There is a place where you can find peace in God, where you can find hope, where you can find joy, where you can find, come on, this life is more, more than, uh, it's about more than just existing. It's about thriving. It's about doing something with purpose. God never intended for us to just manage chaos. 
God never intended for us to just manage problems in our life and wait till they resurface again to handle it. We've got, we've got pills that we try to manage it with. We've got entertainment that we try to numb it with. We've got substances that we try to deal with it. But the only answer to the chaos in our world this morning, the only answer to the weeds in our spirit this morning, amen, is to God, amen, who is above all and in all and through you all. God, amen, can take what's wrong and make it right. I said God can take what's wrong and he can make it right. Oh, I know where I'm at in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you feel like that's you. You feel like you're just in maintenance mode, just trying to get through the next day until until your head hits the pillow again. You're just trying to survive. I know where I'm at right now. You're just trying to survive. Nothing's coming out of your life. Nothing, nothing's in joy. You got nothing to look forward to. It's just a bunch of maintenance. It's just a bunch of keeping it all under control. So, so when I go in front of everybody else and when I walk into a church building on Sunday morning, I can present my well-kept weeds. <laughs> present this all-kept-together stuff. We present this, this, this great picture when in reality we've got all of these things going on and we've never dealt with the issue. We've been so wrapped up. We've been so busy and just doing the maintenance that we can't slow down long enough to get some things out and put some things in. But I believe on this Sunday morning, the Lord wanted me to share with you that you can hit the pause button for a moment and get some things out of your life because God wants to put some things back in your life today. You don't have to learn how to just manage the chaos. You can learn how to live in peace. You can learn how to live in joy. There is a life that's a life worth living. Some of you have even questioned this week, why? What is the point of all of it? What is the purpose of all of it? Hear me today. Some of you have questioned, what is the purpose to this life? I'll tell you what the purpose is. Out of seven billion people, God chose you to be here on this Sunday morning to let you know that your failures are not final. That your chaos, you don't have to become comfortable in it. You can be something for God. You can do something. Something with purpose. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what I'm living for. I'm living for the day when I stand before a holy God and he says, enter in, thou good and thou faithful servant. I've come to tell you, you do have something to live for today. It's called eternity. And one day you're gonna stand before God, amen, that you're gonna be accountable to. There is a hell, but there also is a heaven and you have a chance today to make your life right with God. 
You don't have to just maintain the weeds. You can go to the gardener. You can go to the one, to the author and the finisher of your faith and say, hey, all I've got is weeds. All I've got is issues. All I've got is problems and chaos. And when you go to God, God can remove those things from your life. God can, oh, is there anybody that has ever experienced the power of forgiveness in your life? Is there anybody in this room that you've ever experienced God removing things from your life. I tell you right now, those things can be given to God today. Why hold on to them? Some of you are so wrapped up in anger. Some of you are so wrapped up in unforgiveness that your unforgiveness has held you hostage. Your unforgiveness has caused you, has caused your life to halt. It's caused, I know where I'm at this morning, it's caused your life to be put on pause because all you can think about day and night is what they did to you, what they said to you, how it went down. I've come to tell you, God doesn't want you to live that way. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him for he careth for you. You don't have to stay in the prison cell of unforgiveness any longer. You can forgive and move on today. Mark chapter four and verse verse 14. The sower soweth the word. Jesus is speaking a parable to people that need the word of God and he says in this parable there's a sower and he tells a big story and this is his explanation of that story the sower sows the word and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown but when they have heard Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the words that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Find that in verse 15, said some of the Seed had been, uh, it, it fell by the, by the wayside. It fell. It was. It was. It fell on ground that was totally untouched and totally unprepared. The ground was producing all kinds of different plants, but none that had any sort of use. They were just busy. It was just ground that was busy. You ever been busy? Have you ever been so busy you've lost? You've lost the why? You've lost the why am I doing this? Why am I doing what I'm doing in the Have you ever been there before? I have. We get so busy. Our culture is busy, busy, busy. Do, do, do. We get so busy that the word, when the word of God comes, we're we're so busy that we are, we're, we're so busy on maintaining what we have that we can't hear and receive 
the word that God has for us. He said, he said there's, there's ground that's, that's stony ground, that, that, that when the seed, the word of God was planted, that, that when the roots tried to go down, it couldn't find a soft spot to take root in the, in the soil. Hebrews 3 says that there will be people who, who, whose hearts will be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And sin has a way of hardening our hearts. When the word of God comes, which is the seed, sin has a way of making us hard, has a way of, has a way of making us have walls up that, 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 that when the word of God is thrown out that we, we can't receive because, because our hearts are, are so hard, our hearts are so, are, are, are so wrapped up, so covered. We can't trust anybody anymore. We can't trust anything anymore. We're just hard. Question everything. Wonder, we're skeptical about everything. And the word of God is being thrown out. And it falls on hard ground. But I'm preaching to somebody on this Sunday morning. I believe, amen, your heart does not have to be hard anymore. Your heart does not have to be, you don't have to reject, amen, his word anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to keep those walls up anymore. You don't have to say, you don't have to not trust anymore. This God, amen, that we serve today, he's a God that you can trust. He's a God that you can put your hope in. He's a God that can put your faith in. There's people all around this congregation that had trust issues but when they opened up to the Lord amen the Lord didn't hurt them the Lord healed them the Lord didn't hurt them the Lord helped them I want to let you know today God wants to help you as well verse 18 it was the seeds were thrown on thorny grounds Jeremiah 4 and three, Jeremiah said, Thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. In other words, plow the ground of your heart. What has been planted in your life up to this point, it's time to do some plowing in your life. If you're not okay with where you are, if you're not comfortable with where you are, if you're frustrated and you're down and you're wondering why I live, I want to tell you that today is the day that you need to plow those things up and you can start over with God. You can start over again with God. Your ground, amen, can become new again. I want you to stand with me all over the building. Acts chapter 8. And verse 12. Philip is preaching to some individuals. And verse 12 says, But when they believed, everybody say believed. Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. When they believed, 
they were baptized. Everybody say, when they believed, they were baptized. But go down to verse 15. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. In verse 12, Philip was preaching. And scripture says that they believed what he was preaching. Everybody say they believed. They believed it. They believed that it was possible. They believed that they could have that. But it's not enough to just believe. There are Scripture does say if, if you'll believe, you'll be saved. But that's not all of Scripture. If you want to know what to do to be saved, you have to look at more than just an individual verse. You have to look at the whole book. You have to look at the whole thing. And people stop at believing. Here's the problem with that. I believe that my lawn is perfect right now. Or I believe my lawn is going to be perfect. That's great. Glad you believe that. But it's not enough to just believe that. In order to achieve that, you're going to have to do something. You can believe in God. The Bible says the devils also believe and they tremble. Believing is, a, I don't want to diminish believing. Believing is an important first step. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you can believe that God can and God will, that's step one and that is the most important. Because if you can't have faith, if you can't believe, then nothing else can happen. It all stops right there. But if you can believe, then God can do something. Scripture says in Acts 8, what I read to you, that when Philip preached, they believed. But after they believed, they did more than, they, they, they didn't stop at just believing. Because if I just believe it, I could have a belief, but I've still got the problems. I've still got the issues. I've, I've still got the weeds growing, even though my beliefs have changed. I've still got the issues. Believing is good, but believing will not remove the problems from your life. Believing will not take the penalty of your sin away. Believing will not take the issue out of your heart and out of your mind. There has to be more than just a belief. Peter said, you have to repent. You have to repent. When you believe, after you believe, you repent. Everybody say you repent. You say, God, I realize that you, that you are the creator of me. Lord, and there's some things that I planted in me that have grown up, that have, that have become out of control. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me, God, of the mistakes that I have made. You repent. Then Peter went on to say, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What is that saying? What is what is for the what what, what does baptism do? Baptism is is a representation of the old man going away and the new man coming to life. John 3, John 3 and 3, except a man be born again of water, everybody say water and spirit. Everybody say spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's not my words, that's this word. Scripture teaches us that in order to be born again, we have to repent and we have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. No other way in Scripture were they baptized but in the name of Jesus Christ. No other way in Scripture. As a matter of fact, if you can show me a way that they were baptized other than in the name of Jesus Christ, I'll give you the keys to my car today. It's not in there. Nowhere in Scripture were they baptized any, in any other name than the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go down in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're buried with Him in baptism. When you bury somebody, you don't sprinkle dirt on them. When you bury somebody, you don't, you don't wipe dirt on them. You don't, I'm just talking about burial right now, okay? I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. But when you bury somebody, what do you do when you bury somebody? You put them six feet under. You do more than, than just, that, that would be insulting to leave somebody that has passed on the surface. When you bury somebody, you take them all the way under the ground. The word baptism actually means to be submerged. And so when we are baptized, we, we take you all the way under. We don't hold you there, thank God. We take you all the way under and we bring you right back up. Why? That represents that the old man that went down in that tank has, has died and the new man that has, come, that has come up out of that water Amen. Is new in Christ. We're buried with him in baptism. And Peter went on to say, Amen. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. And the Bible, get this, get this now, I'm almost done. And the Bible says in John 14 and 26, but the comforter, everybody say the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Somebody say all things. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, what I have said unto you. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to plant my spirit inside of you. He plants a seed inside of you. That is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we have fulfilled what Peter 
what, what this book has told us to do in order to be saved. We got to repent. You want, you want the chaos out of your world? You gotta, I, I'm not preaching to everybody today, and I realize that. But if you want the chaos out of your world, it's easy. You got to repent. You got to say you're sorry. You got to say, God, I acknowledge that I need you. You got to be baptized. You got to let the old ways die, the old habits die, the old problems and issues die. And you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. God living in you and now the thing that's in you will come out of you it'll come out of you when you when you're walking and when you're going through life and going through issues and problems that holy ghost that's in you the bible says it is a comforter the bible says in acts 1 and 8 that you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you it comforts you it gives you power it gives you strength it gives you things that you have never had before in your life I'm preaching to some people in particular today that you're tired of just maintaining the chaos Jeremiah said there's coming a day where it's going to be more than just words but I'm going to plant my law in your heart. I'm going to plant my law in your heart. And I'm going to be with you. You're going to be my people. And I'm going to be your God. Every head bowed and every eye closed today. If you feel like I have preached to you that all you are doing right now is just maintaining a bunch of weeds, a bunch of chaos in your life. Would you raise your hand? I see hands all over the room. You can put your hand down. If today you've never repented of your sins or you haven't repented lately and you would like to do that today, would you raise your hand? See hands all over the building. You can put your hands down. If you have never received the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God and you've come today saying, you know what, I need that, would you raise your hand? See several hands all over the room. Amen. You can put your hands down. Here's what we're going to do in a moment. You can look at me if, if you don't mind. Here's what we're going to do in a moment. We're all going to come down together, together to this altar. If you raised your hand for any reason, I'm asking you to just come right up here. And I believe the Lord's going to help you. Just because you come up to this altar doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. It makes you human. It makes you somebody who needs God's help. Is there anybody in this room who needs God's help? All over the building. These people that are coming, thank you for coming. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask everybody else in this room, all the other, con all the other folks in the congregation, if you would come as well. We're going to pray today.
God's going to help some people in this room. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Give you instruction here in just a minute. We're going to wait on everybody that wants to to come to the front. Here's what we're going to do we're going to repent together. We're going to repent together. When we repent, I can't repent for you, I can't say the words for you, but you repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. Sorry, I want you to look at me for a minute. Everybody, everybody that's in this altar, you say, God, I'm sorry. Whatever you don't don't say it yet, but you'll say, God, I'm sorry. And you'll pray a prayer. You'll pray a prayer that's personal to you. You'll pray a prayer that says, God, forgive me of this and doing this and, and trusting this and making these mistakes. You'll pray that prayer in your own words. Okay? So I'm gonna ask everybody in this room. Whether you raise your hand or not, I'm going to ask everybody in this room, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands toward heaven, close your eyes, and I just want you to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me today of everything that I have said, everything that I have thought, everything that I have heard, everything that I've done that's not right. I pray you would forgive me today. Lord, I recognize that I need more than just me. I recognize today that I need you. I, I, I confess today that I need you in my life. I need you helping me. I've tried to do this, but it, it hasn't worked. It hasn't helped. Pray that you would help me today. I need you today. I need you today, oh Lord. I need you today, oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. I need you. I need you, Lord. Yeah, people repenting all over the room. People repenting all over the room. I need you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to stop praying and look at me. I got great news for you. The Bible says we call on him. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we will ask him to forgive us of our sins, God said through his word that he will forgive us of our sins. If you've repented today and you've asked God to forgive you, guess what? From this moment on, you're forgiven. I think that's something to clap about. I think that's exciting. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself. The biggest issue that we face is not God's forgiveness. It's us forgiving us. 
You have to forgive yourself. You have to release yourself. You have to release the past. You have to let, you can't, you can't hang on to the past, the words of the past, the, the actions of the past. You have to let go of all of that. God, God has forgiven you. Now it's up to you to forgive you and for you to forgive those. The Bible says that in order to obtain forgiveness, that you have to forgive those that have done wrong to you. So, here's what we're going to do together. This is biblical right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to ask that God would help us. We're going we're to forgive ourselves, and we're going to forgive others. I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to pray that prayer. Come on, forgive yourself right now. I want you to say, not, not in silence. I want you to say the words out loud. Come on, something happens when you open your mouth and you open your voice. Come on, talk to them like you would talk to your friend. Forgive myself. Lord, today I forgive myself. I move on. I move forward. I can't hold on to this anymore. I forgive them for the things that they have said, for the things that they have done, for the hurts that they have caused me. I forgive them and I release them today. Don't hold it to their charge. Bless them, God. Help them, Lord. Strengthen them. Yeah, yeah, come on, pray that prayer right now. Something's happening right now. When you have done that, when you have done that, when you have forgiven yourself and you have forgiven others, you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost. If you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost, would you lift your hands? Lift both of your hands, close your eyes, tilt your head back and just begin to praise God. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord. They're gonna begin to sing, they're gonna begin to play. You're gonna hear a language in your mind that you don't understand. When you hear that language in your mind, I want you to speak it out. 